Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 85 of Impact Boom. My name is Olivia Roney, and today we're speaking with Thea Gabatton. Thea is the CEO and president of Impact Social Enterprise, an organization run by youth for youth delivering social enterprise education and resources to schools and universities across Queensland. Impact delivers events and content that engage young people in entrepreneurial action, enacting change that ripples throughout the community. On today's podcast, we'll discuss the operation of Impact Social Enterprise, Thea's various roles over the years, from marketing director to VP and now president, the unique experience of developing a vision and strategy for a social enterprise, and the significance of the enterprise skills taught in an impact schools program, social enterprise as job-ready training for young people, and finally, what's next for impact? Thea, thanks so much for sharing your insights with me today. I'm very honoured to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me. So to start off, can you give us a bit of a background about yourself? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so basically I was born in the Philippines. Um, spent five years there, moved to New Zealand, lived there for four years, then finally came here. So I've had like a childhood that's all over the place mm-hmm. and we've been here in Australia for about 10 years now. I was really lucky to go to a private school here in Brisbane and that really shaped the way I am now and um, I really am passionate about creating change because obviously the Philippines, I'm originally from the Philippines and it's obviously a developing nation um, and my parents always made sure to bring me and my brothers back all the time, every two or three years or so. So seeing that poverty firsthand and seeing the disadvantage is really eye-opening when you're young. I think having that background, you know, going to being really privileged here in Australia and like growing up in a community where everyone is so, I don't know, lovely and welcoming and accepting and get all the opportunities in the world. And then also having the other side um, of your life where you're very aware that your parents didn't get those opportunities. So I think that's really shaped who I am. Do you feel like you'll ever go back to the Philippines and maybe work in the social enterprise space there? I think so, definitely. I think because my mum and her family are very involved in the social enterprise and kind of not-for-profit sphere down there. They have a lot of influence in that space. And I think they've kind of like hammered it into me that at some point I'm going to have to get involved with that. Mm. So every year, like at Christmas, we actually organise a fun day for all the kids. Um, so obviously they're super poor. Um, our area in particular had really high unemployment rates and they don't get a lot of funding from government for their schools and whatnot. So yeah, we organise like a day for them. We give them food, drinks. We plan all these activities for them too, um, like jumping castles, everything. And we also have like a bit of a scholarship fund as well. We help young kids who are really, really smart and have a lot of potential continue their schooling past high school um, and yeah we buy them books and everything they need for school. Cool. Yeah. 
what's the startup and social enterprise space like in Manila and in the Philippines? Yeah, I think I don't think social enterprise and the startup sphere is as established down there. I think it's more so just not for profit and charities that are a big thing down there. Um, because obviously I think people are so impoverished that social enterprises right now wouldn't be a big thing. Yeah. Um, because I think the I suppose the income inequality is so huge. Like you've got this tiny percentage of people who can't afford things that we can buy, like coffee, yeah. tea, and everyone else, like ninety eight percent I'd say, can't afford eating just water or food. So I think for now it's not so much social enterprise, it's more so just charitable um philanthropic like pursuits, yeah. 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 So there you've been involved with impact social enterprise since its beginning. Mm -hmm. What does impact do and what social impact does it have? So basically what Impact is, it's a youth-run organisation based in Brisbane. We're run entirely by volunteers as well, and most of our volunteers are in university um, or young professionals. And what we do, we deliver really educational, hands-on educational programs for young people and university students, um, ranging from early high school to like, university and postgraduate. And how we do that is we have kind of two streams or three streams of programs really. So for our high school students and our high school market, we've got our schools program. So what that is, is we go in and we present a six week program or a one day workshop um, on social enterprise and take them through the basics of, I suppose, how to create a social enterprise. So we start off with an introduction to what social enterprise is and take them through business modeling, um, ideation, so that by the end of the day, they can confidently pitch their ideas to the rest of their schoolmates. So for our university students, uh, we also have two types of programs for them. So we've got our events, um, which is like our conference. Um, so we do a national conference, or used to do a national conference. I'll get back to that later. But yeah, so we do a national conference. Um, and that's just a one or two day program where people can come in um, really quickly learn about social enterprise, hear from speakers, get some free food, and get some cool merchandise from social enterprises as well, and then go off and do their own thing in uni. We also do one-off events like panel discussions, uh, networking events, which are really popular, and for university students as well. We've got a fellowship program, which is basically just our volunteer program. So um, they sign up, stay with us for a year, and they can either continue on with us, um, or leave or do their own thing. Yeah. yeah, that sounds incredible. From the schools program or the uni program, have there been any projects or social enterprises that have come out of it? Yeah. We don't like to take full credit for them, <laughs> but um, we like to say we influence a lot of social enterprises. <laughs> so we've got the Tippy Toco, which is by Zach Thorpe. So yeah, we like to think that he was quite influenced by us because he went to our first conference. Um, and afterwards, he did like a social business course and then just went on and did that. Yeah. Little Delish as well, Haley used to be one of our volunteers, she was actually the former marketing director. Got One Quarter, so One Quarter was actually from our program at BBC. They will always impress me because I think just the issue they're tackling and the fact that they're young men, it's just like really cool that mm -hmm. they're really aware of that. Yeah. Um, obviously we've got the Unknown Project <laughs> as well, 
Yeah, so we've got quite a few. Those are the first ones that come to mind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and so with Impact, you went from a marketing fellow, which is the volunteer program you just touched on. Then you went to the director of communications and marketing, then vice president. You facilitated some schools programs along the way. And now 2018, you're our president. Please share any key learnings from any of these roles. Yeah. I think like when you spell it out like that, they all sound like really different roles. Mm. Um, and I think while they are very different individually, I think working at Impact and just being a young volunteer, there are actually quite a lot of commonalities between each role. But I think one of the main things that I've gotten from each of them is that you've got to be really flexible um, and you've got to really be willing to be open-minded in terms of what you're going to be doing and what your expectations are for your tasks, as well as just the people you're going to be working with. So I think as the marketing director and fellow, I'm purely focused kind of on the, I suppose, like customer engagement um, side of things and actually getting people involved with impact. So working in that kind of space for two or one and a half years, it made me kind of realise how important it is to understand what our customer needs are because you don't want to be delivering programs that your people don't really even want or need. So and it just gave me like a really good insight into what people do want and how to get to them. As school program facilitator, I think my key learning from that is just to like be really prepared. Um, I'm one of those really last minute people, um, so I don't like to get things done in advance, but if you're facilitating and presenting, you really need to be aware of what your timing is like, what you're gonna be covering in the session, um, and being really strict with yourself and understanding, and kind of like practicing that ahead of time. And then obviously being like, in the vice president and the president role, that's like a whole other ball game. Because I think people think that the people at the top of the, I suppose, like the hierarchy for each organization yeah. gets to do all the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, they get to speak at events, they get to um, talk to all these cool people, <laughs> they get to call themselves that like role. But I think what I've realized there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And so you're a marketing student. What do you think the challenges for social enterprises in particular are in developing their visions and marketing strategies? Because you developed Impacts um, a few years back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think from a marketing perspective and in terms of like an organisational vision and strategy, a lot of people think of the marketing people as kind of like the creatives. Like just go to them if you want cool pictures. Yeah. Just go to them if you want like cool graphics. Mm -hmm. But actually that's not what we're kind of trained to do. What we're there for is to communicate a message to people. Like that's what that's what our entire field is about, is communicating the message to people. And like I think people need to give their vision a lot more. I suppose people need to communicate that vision within their teams and to other people better to create strategy. Because I think if you don't communicate your vision properly within your team, and to other people, you get very lost in the day-to-day activities. Mm. You really need to work on that vision and make sure every single person in your team understands that so that every so that your strategy kind of achieves that or works toward yeah. that. Yeah, so that's priority number one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of startups go wrong or yeah. um, they struggle with that later on because I think in the first year or two, like it's really easy to understand what your vision is because mm. you like it's at the top of your head like yep. 
you're always thinking about it. But once you start to get clients and actually start doing the work, yeah. you forget. Yeah, and maybe you have to pivot, but your vision exactly. doesn't pivot with you and then you're kind of lost along the way. Exactly. Yeah. I think, like, your vision and your why should always stay constant. Mm. How you get there is what should change. So yeah. some things might need to be um, pushed out of the way yeah. to make way for new ideas or but your vision and your why should not ever yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. Through school's program and the conference, you would have seen hundreds of kids and young people come through the doors experiencing social enterprise for the first time. So what is it that you think it is about social enterprise that's so valuable for young people that gets them coming back each year? Mm. I think what's really different is young people are so much more aware of different issues in the world and are so much more, I don't know, they're just participating more in their communities. Mm. Social enterprise really appeals to them because I genuinely think a lot of young people these days do want to create a positive change in the world mm. and they're just unsure about how to do it. Yeah. And obviously when you're young, you know, you want to make money, you want to be able to have that comfortable life. Yeah. And I think social enterprise gives young people the best of both, both worlds mm. and that's certainly why I first got into it is because I very much wanted to create change, but I also didn't want to compromise a career for that. Mm. So, yeah, and I think that's why young people keep coming back to it because it's saying to them, hey, you don't have to compromise on your values to be successful. Um, I think that's why they keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and this leads in really well to my next question, actually. So the Foundation for Young Australians report how young people are faring demonstrated that in 1986, it took on average one year to transition from full-time study to full-time work, a transition that now takes young Australians on average 4.7 years and includes multiple industry changes. And of course, we're also facing the looming automation. Mm -hmm. um, so it's clear that employment for us is not so linear anymore. Mm -hmm. So how does social enterprise kind of provide a viable solution in that job crisis? Yeah. So there's this, I think it's the 2015 Foundation for Young Australians annual report. Um, they did a lot of research into the changing workforce um, and the skills that young people need now. Um, and I think all the skills that they were listing that young people need now to be employable and be successful in the changing workforce were skills that you're kind of learning either in our programs or just by working in startups and social enterprise. And like, you know, it's things like digital literacy, um, presentation, communication, like critical thinking, creativity, things like that. That's all things that you can learn through working in the social enterprise space. And I think like every social entrepreneur knows how varied their jobs are day to day. Um, even though you have the role of like, let's say, a marketing person, yeah. you're not actually really just a marketing person. Yeah. Um, so I think social enterprise and just startups in general really equip young people um, with the skills they need to get into the changing workforce. And like, I suppose it makes them really competitive and also just like appealing as potential employees yeah. um, because you need to have a certain kind of flexibility to be able to work in the social enterprise sphere. And it takes a special type of person to be able to switch and change between so many different tasks every day. And I think that's so valuable in the social enterprise sphere and you can only really learn that in the startup sphere um, because you don't really get to learn that in traditional workplaces. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's the main value that social enterprises, startups bring to young people 
um, in terms of preparing for the workforce is because they get that variety um, and they're learning all those enterprise skills um, that make them really appealing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Um, and on that as well, it kind of taps into what you were saying about young people wanting to make a change but also not have to compromise in their job. Yeah. So it kind of provides, it's almost too good to be true, mm-hmm. um, in that it's so flexible and then you get to, you get to really latch on to whatever your passion is yeah. and there's, you can think of it, mm-hmm. there's going to be a social enterprise or an organisation exactly. for it. So can you give us a bit of a sneak peek in what's in store for Impact over the coming 12 months? Yeah, not going to lie. Uh, it's a bit of a transitional period for Impact, which is really, I think for me personally, having been involved for so long, it's like, I don't know, there's a part of me that's very excited for it and a part of me that's quite sad about it as well because there's some things that will need to be pushed out in order to make way for new things as well. Um, so in terms of impact in the next 12 months, right now we're really just reevaluating who we are and what we're about. Um, I think we've gotten a bit lost in our vision and what we're actually supposed to be doing. So for now, I think we're just talking about what that vision looks like and what um, that will translate into in terms of what type of projects we um, take on and where we're going to put our resources into. Yeah. But there's been a lot of talk of regional great. plans to extend into the regional communities, which is really great because uh, I think that's where most of our impact is because, I mean, impact, social impact is kind of um, giving students and people, young people, um, a taste of those enterprising skills um, and just like developing them at first so mm-hmm. they can continue on. So is um, impact's impact going to change once moving regionally? I don't think it will because I think at the heart of it our purpose has always been to teach young people about social enterprise and then through that we're teaching them enterprise skills and I don't think that'll super change our vision um, or what we're doing. It just means that we have different ways of doing it. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, our vision is always to teach young people about social enterprise um, to prepare them for the changing workforce. So it sounds like then Impact's going to need a bit of manpower. So how can young people get involved in Impact? I think right now we're at this ideation stage. So right now we're talking about ideas. How are we going to, what are we going to look like in the next 12 months? Mm-hmm. How are we going to look like long term? So if anyone out there has any ideas or has been involved with us and has ideas on how we can improve what we're doing, um, things we can get into, please get in contact. Um, we love engaging with the community and I think most of our ideas have come from just chatting to people at our events and we're huge collaborators in Impact, so those have spiralled into our biggest projects. So yeah, like if anyone out there has any ideas, um, let us know, get in contact with us and we'll be doing a new round of recruitment, I think soon, like in September or October. So if you're keen on joining the team, um, we're super down for some new new people, fresh faces. So, Fantastic. Yeah. So moving away from impact, have you personally been involved in any other cool projects or so since recently that you want to tell us about? Yeah. So I'm not one of those people that just like overcommits. I get so excited about everything. I mean, I think everyone's ideas are amazing. So I have this thing where like I cannot say no when someone asks for help, which means I'm like so overcommitted. But <laughs> I love that work. So it's fine with me. So yeah, I'm involved and part of the board for QSAC, which is really exciting because I've never been part of an organisation that's much more, I suppose, mature in um, the way it functions and the people who are part of it. So 
Um, that's been a huge learning experience for me. Um, but I really enjoy kind of talking to people who have that idea and developing those ideas with them. So taking them through business modeling, taking them through how are they going to get money? How are they going to be sustainable? Um, are they even viable? Um, how are they going to be, I suppose, like legit enough to ask for funding and go to pitch nights? Mm -hmm. um, and I also really love talking to people or social entrepreneurs who are at that pivoting stage yeah. um, where they're kind of like, okay, this hasn't worked or it has, but no one's really wanting that from us anymore. What are we going to do next? So I'm working with two kind of like not-for-profits right now and just helping them out with that. So yeah. Um, to finish us off, can you recommend three books or resources that we should be accessing? I'm really into podcasts. Social, I think it's called Solitary Social Entrepreneur by Tony Roy. Um, so he goes through, he like interviews a lot of social entrepreneurs and talks about their why and why they started their businesses and whatnot. Um, and when he doesn't have a social entrepreneur, he just talks about really big ideas. Um, so yeah, otherwise for books, I'm reading a book called Sustainability uh, by John, Jonathan Caragona. I've been really into sustainability lately. So. It's taken me like six months and I'm still not finished, but um, it's a really great book. It just takes you through the history of sustainability and the movement um, and like TED Talks and documentaries. Mm. I just love TED Talks and documentaries. Chasing Coral is really good. Uh, it's about, uh, I like coral bleaching. Thanks very much for your time today, Thea. Thea, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.